South Africa has battled with the longest and most intense power cuts, with aging and inadequately maintained coal power stations, delays in upgrading the Kuburg nuclear power station, and significant failures at the recently built Midupi and Kusile. It seems the light, the light keeps getting further away from the end of the tunnel. On the other hand, many individuals are investing in alternative energy sources, but going off the grip could deepen injustice for the poor. The Financial Mail reports that South Africa can't live without a functional ESCOM. Hope is that by 2030, there will be multiple supplies of electricity on a shared transmission network where South Africans will then have a choice of who to buy electricity from. Financial Mail's editor, Rob Rose, joins us to unpack how close you can get to going off the grid in your home. Rob, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. All right, so Rob, let's just recap um, really how much it is going wrong, <laughs> okay? So we know that you know, we, we, the infrastructure is aging, we keep having these breakdowns. When one thing breaks, they all break. But other things also haven't worked out. I mentioned some Cooper there. Um, you know, as we find ourselves here, how many things are not working? Or what are the things that are not working for us? ESCOM doesn't work at all at the moment. You know, we're in stage six, really, notional stage seven load shedding. Mm -hmm. We don't have a CEO as of last night um, because the ANC threw a huff because um, somebody talked about how, how anachronistic the party is and just how just not suited for purpose, the party is, in terms of running a, a company like ESCOM. Um, it's rudderless, and I think that we've had, you know, this year we've had 200, and, well, we're set to have 250 days of load shedding if the F&B chief economist is to be believed. So that's a massive, that's a massive knock for business. So to keep going in this environment means you have to make alternative plans. So that's what we try to do in this cover mm -hmm. story is, mm -hmm. is find out, can you go off-grid completely? Is that a wise thing to do? And how do you go about doing it? And uh, I think that if you want to go entirely off-grid, mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's just not a very you know cost-effective solution. I mean, some of the costs were were really quite stratospheric. I think you know that some of them were up to seven hundred thousand rand for a household to go off the grid. But I think a lot of people who can afford it are doing um, solar solutions, are doing some sort of hybrid system, some backup system, um, which is ultimately, I suppose, good for the for the grid to take some 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 of the stress off it. But it does raise all kinds of other questions for ESCOM, like you know, people who can afford it and are going off grid. So who's going to keep paying their hefty cost increases, the tariff increases? So there's all kinds of sustainability questions this raises. But for families and companies, I think that you almost don't have an option mm -hmm. if you want to survive this current moment. Let's talk about then yesterday, the finance minister and the interventions that he announced um, for households. So people like you and I would only get 15%, a 15,000 rand max mm -hmm. um, um, off uh, you know, our taxes for implementing solar or something. Is that even material, Rob, and I ask because like you said, some, of, um, some people could pay up to 700,000 Rand to get off the grid. So 15,000 Rand in comparison, is it material? Well, I think the thing is, it depends what you're looking for. Are you looking to incentivize people to get people to go off the grid who wouldn't otherwise do it? Mm. Um, and in which case, you know, you're certainly not going to do it with 15,000 Rand maximum incentive. You're not going to get them to do that. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, the very fact that our grid is so broken means that people probably do it anyway. So I think that it's nice to have some small incentive to do it, um, but that's not going to get people to do it. Mm. But in a sense, you know, if you weren't doing it anyway and you could afford it, um, you know, I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you pretty much have to find a way to, 
to live in this environment. I think it's the companies that are really struggling. The company incentive, I think, isn't too bad in the budget. Mm-hmm. It lasts for two years, whereas the individual household one is one year. So it's, um, I think it's, it's a better option for companies and 125% tax de- deductibility for, for a solar system, renewable system, is a good, is a good thing for the company, sec- company sector. And I think that, you know, um, the finance minister made a couple of concessions. He didn't want to raise taxes. And hence, if you give too much back in terms of this, renewable incentive, um, it might put pressure elsewhere. So maybe this is, maybe it wasn't necessary to even give anything back because people would do it anyway. Oh, and, and I think it, is, it is too small. It is too small. Yeah. It is definitely too small. And I just also talk about, um, in the article you mentioned that we actually can't do away with ESCOM. So we can't go to Megawatt Park, close the doors and be like, deuces, everybody, we're leaving. What we actually have to do is that we have to still fix it. Mm. Let's talk about why that's the case, Rob. Why, um, even if we all got off the grid, we would still need ESCOM to be a well-functioning company. Well, because the fact is, I mean, it's so much of the country still will depend on them, no matter how many companies and how many individual households go off grid. Um, water reticulation systems, all kinds of elements of society that we forget about mm. or don't think about rely on ESCOM functioning properly. Um, and I think, you know, it is the cheapest form of power, um, the most reliable form of power, you know, in a world where it operated properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and for foreign investors, you certainly need a working electricity grid. And I think that that's, if you want to get foreign investors in here to build mines, to capitalize on our resources network, not so much necessarily coal, but, but other, other elements, you know, um, you talk of Renogen, for example, mm. with the helium fines. I mean, there's, there's renewable energy opportunities given, given our, you know, where we are in the world. Um, and I think that that could be exploited through, through getting investors in. Uh, but investors will want um, a proper electrical grid to begin investing and to begin starting the operations. And I think that that's just a fundamental of, of doing business. Now, Rob, I must ask you about energy poverty because, I mean, in this article, um, I mean, it's such a well-written article, but you've uh, details <coughs> about the different options we have, the possible costs, and it gives some ranges and so on. But there's people who just won't be able to participate in, mm. in some of these initiatives. Is it possible that we'll find people who become more energy insecure after this, you know, um, in, in energy impoverished essentially um, right through this process as those of us who can afford try to find alternative um, ways to generate power. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big the big tricks f- of this whole thing is balancing um, the amount of people who will pay for ESCOM will continue paying the higher tariffs versus those who need a certain degree of free electricity. And we talk a lot about how we need to have a certain amount of free electricity given to the lower the lower income levels, <coughs> because that is the root out of poverty. Um, and to start businesses and small enterprises, I mean, that's a, something that we really need to look at. Um, and, you know, currently we're in a situation where we not even don't have the lights on for anyone. Sure. But that is certainly something we'll have to weigh up in the future as we proceed with this particular process of shifting from this old school method to renewables. All right. Well, that's a great article written. I'll tell you, Rob, I sent it to my mom. I said, read real research <laughs> on what exactly <coughs> you there. But thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure chatting to you. That was Rob Rose, editor of Financial Mail.